What's happening, weirdos? This is Ricky Velez, who is incredible and wonderful, and we had a lovely chat and a hilarious chat. I sincerely, sincerely hope you enjoy it as much as I did. His HBO special, Here's Everything, is out now. It's hilarious. Check it out. It's on demand. It's on HBO Max. Just find a way. Watch Here's Everything with Ricky Velez. And also, if you like stand-up, uh, we are doing... Well, our, our next, my next live date is November 3rd, which is the day this comes out. And that's sold out. Thank you to everybody who came out. The next Living at Largo show, which is my stand-up show, is December 14th. Uh, that'll be here in L.A. at Largo on December 14th. And the next show I'm doing is uh, November 22nd, which is a live We Made It Weird. It's going to be me. It's going to be Val. It's going to be Moshe Kasher. Uh, because he makes me laugh so hard. And it's going to be musician Amy Mann. That's going to be incredible as well. Go to largo-la.com. There's going to be stuff that's going to be at the live show that won't be on the episode. So those are absolutely extra special to be at in person. And it means a lot when people come out. So thank you so much. And as always, if you like this podcast, show some love. Show some love. Show a little bit of love and try a Pete's Pick. As you know, I only use advertisers that I absolutely was using and loving and reached out and was like, let's let's get a promo code to the weirdos. That's how it works. That's why they're called Pete's Picks. So first and foremost, right out the gate is Ritual Multivitamin. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. That's super key for me. So many vitamins you take and it turns your pee like neon yellow and you know you're just peeing it all out. That does not happen with Ritual because it has a delayed uh, a delayed release. It doesn't break down until it's in your lower intestine, which is when these nutrients and these vitamins can actually be absorbed. So it is a completely different uh, experience in my case. Uh, and also, if you do intermittent fasting, which I do, because it has a delayed breakdown, you can take them on an empty stomach, which is a huge game changer. I've taken a multivitamin on an empty stomach in the past, and it made me yak. That's 100% true. With Ritual, it's not breaking down until later, which is so cool. What you won't find is sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants, plus the fresh minty taste, and as I mentioned, the delayed release capsule design make taking your vitamins super, super easy. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use and to help you fill the gaps in your diet. For me, as a mostly vegan, uh, I don't want shady extras, but I also need things like B12. It's hard to get B12 if you don't eat meat. It's also, we all need a lot of vitamin D3, of course, for immunity health. And Ritual's delayed release capsule delivers those right into you in two daily pills, those and a lot more. And you'll always know what those a lot more nutrients, uh, where they come from. Uh, and thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now available for women, men, and teens, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different stages of life. And they're delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. I love their website. I've had to snooze once or twice, and it was so, so easy. And if you don't love Ritual, within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. So that's 10% off three times for three months. I love it. 
Go to ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash weird and show your support of this podcast. Uh, secondly, speaking of things that we put into our bodies, I am obsessed with Olipop. You've heard Val and I talking about Olipop. I uh, love soda, but of course, as a health conscious person, I haven't had it in decades. But now... Those sodas that I miss, uh, you know, I'm doing Smallwood. Whenever I'm on a bowling alley, in a bowling set in this case, I always miss grape soda. I told that story last time with Val. For some reason, I always drank grape soda when I was at the bowling alley, when I was a kid at a birthday party or whatever. But of course, I haven't had that in a long time. But boom, Olipop to the rescue, a new kind of soda and the best tasting grape soda I've, I think I've ever had. It's incredible. And... It has none of the crap. None of the crap. Not only does it have none of the crap, like aspartame or huge amounts of cane sugar, anything like that, it tastes incredible. We're, it doesn't have any cane sugar, by the way. It is incredible. It's not like, uh, you know, the, the sparkling water craze. These are sodas. These are dark, like the, the meaning the grape soda is purple. They have vintage cola. They have classic root beer. They have orange squeeze. They have cherry vanilla strawberry vanilla and my favorite classic grape not only do they not have bad things in them they have good things in them that's pro uh, prebiotics excuse me prebiotics which is what feeds probiotics so taking probiotics without prebiotics is really silly so you have to take prebiotics to feed the good flora in your gut plant fiber uh, of course, you don't notice that. It's smooth. That's because it's soluble fiber. And botanicals, all to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. 90% of Americans are consuming way more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake, which is 30 uh, grams. And sweetened beverages like soda. I mean, Coca-Cola, we're looking at 39 grams of sugar. They're incredible cola. They're uh, classic vintage cola flavor. That only has, let me, I want two, well, they all have two to five grams, and the cola only has two grams. Two grams! You gotta taste it. It's incredible. Their orange squeeze has five grams as compared to orange Fanta, which has 44 grams. But the best thing in the, in the headline here, this non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly drink tastes incredible. It has the fiber at is eight grams net carbs per can, and they're so confident that you will love their product, they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through the website. I, for real, love this. We swear by it. I just had one. I'm not saying that. It's not written out in the copy to say I just had one. I came home. I consider it my little treat, even though they only have, like, it's like 45 calories. And as I said, it's, it's sweetened with things uh, like juice that I, I, I'm always reading the label to make sure because it tastes like it has sugar. It doesn't. It's incredible. I love it. It doesn't, it doesn't have cane sugar. It's sweetened with fruit juice. And I worked out a special deal for weirdos. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on your order. I recommend the variety pack. It's a great way to try all the flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash weird. You can also get them in over 6,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Show your support of the pod and get some of that vintage cola or grape taste back in your life or any of the flavors that sounded good. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Last but not least, it's a happy day here in the Holmes Cheney house because our package from Everlane showed up. And this is, this is not written out. This is true. When the clothes from Everlane show up 
Everlane is the best and most ethical and most wonderful and easiest to use online clothing uh, and style brand that we've ever found. And we just opened up our Everlane box. We took out unbelievable, great fitting, great looking sweaters. Val was like, you have to wear that on stage. You have to wear that on our date night. And their new denim. Well, they're, they're new to me. I hadn't tried their denim. I love denim. I love classic indigo blue. I like dark denim. I like uh, skinny denim. I like looser denim. I like how versatile it is. I like how you feel free and adventurous in it. And Everlane's four-way stretch denim is made from premium organic cotton in some of the world's most sustainable factories. We all love denim, but the pesticides, pollution, and waste that go into making it, not so much. That's why I love that Everlane uses sustainable factories, and I love that it's tough enough to handle becoming a part of your everyday uniform, guaranteed. Meaning Everlane is all about making those pieces that look great and are sustainable and last, that you can wear them all the time. Dress them up or dress them down. And that is absolutely how I feel about all of their items. You can wear it on a date night, you could wear it to a TV taping, or you can just wear it around the house because it feels that good. The four-way stretch denim is no exception, gives you confidence and motion, feels great, looks great with everything, and is durable enough to handle everyday wear, which is honestly how I wear denim. I love wearing it for the entire week, sometimes the entire month. Four styles, four washes, nothing but damn good denim. Their four-way stretch offers a comfortable fit and freedom to move with confidence. Uniform 365-day guarantee means Everlane is so confident in their uniform collection that in the unlikely event that your jeans get a hole or a tear, don't sweat it, they will gladly replace them with a new pair. And starting at just 88 bucks, premium organic denim minus the luxury markup. That's a great price for organic, premium, well-styled, well-fit, perfectly dyed, all the good stuff. 88 bucks is a great price. Denim can be a dirty business. That's why Everlane does things differently. Cleaner fabrics. Everlane uses the organic, which is better for the planet and safer for the workers. Cleaner factories. Their denim their factory recycles 98% of their water, keeps byproducts out of the environment, and uses renewable energy and air drying to reduce CO2 emissions by 80%. It's incredible. And a cleaner impact. Everlane is one of the first companies to make denim that fits great and doesn't dirty the planet. That's pretty cool. So sign up today at Everlane.com com slash weird for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off for weirdos for your first order when you sign up at everlane.com slash weird. Check out all their stuff. The sweaters I just bought are incredible. I'll be telling you more about that, I'm sure, in the future. All right, everybody, be sure to check out Ricky Velez on HBO. Enjoy this chat. I had a great time. I hope you do too. See you on November 22nd for the live. You made it weird with Val and, uh, and Amy Mann. And on December 14th for a stand-up at Largo. Largo-LA.com. All right. That's enough of this. That's, that's enough of this. Get into it. Thank you. We're, are you playing audio? Sounds like it. I thought that was something else. I didn't understand what that was. I love the calm. I was kind of looking around. Sounds like it. Yeah. That was really, really cool. That's what we'll start with. That I said, are you playing audio? Which is sort of like farting. It's like your phone. It's like an embarrassing, like you don't know something's happening. It's like your flashlight being on. You know what I mean? Oh, that's the worst. It's a little you embarrassing. You just feel like a loser. Yeah, but you didn't. You, I, I wasn't trying to make you feel like a loser, but I was like, are you, is there like a video playing in your pocket? And you didn't even move for it. You went, sounds like it. 
That was really cool. Dougie, cool. Doug, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that thank was you. really, there was something calm and really nice about it that you weren't like, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm going to turn off the video, but in my time. Worst things have happened to me, Pete. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that, I felt that perspective. I'm not even blowing smoke. Like, <laughs> if you had like panicked, like, oh, ah, ah, I would have been like, oh no, I got to calm Ricky down. But you're like, I think I have to calm down to be at your level. Just figure out, you know, it's just living with anxiety for so long. You figure it out. I know. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. How bad I, yours? Mine's not that bad, actually. But I'm 42. And uh, when in 20 years, when you're 42, how old yeah, are you? 32. 32. Oh, wow. You're yeah. one of those baby face. Thanks, baby man. Face. Yeah. You're still castable in like senior high school. <laughs> <laughs> or the guy that just hangs out around one. Absolutely. Yeah. The McConaughey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that age, that role did not age well when he's like, I like that these girls are still 18. It's like, why did we ever love this? <laughs> Remember in Jason Confused, he's like, man, I love that they're all 16 and ready to do it. Like, why is that in the movie? I heard he made up that line himself. He did? No, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Shots fired. S is F. S is F. No. How bad is it? Well, oh, oh, that's uh, real quick. By in 10 years, you, I hope and I trust things even out a little bit, I think. I know some anxious 42-year-olds for sure, but there's hope is what I'm saying. Because when I was 32, definitely was dealing with more. What's yours like? It's very much, um, it, it comes in attacks. Oh, you get attacks? Yeah. Like full on, you think you're going to die? Attacks? Yeah, but it also comes from like a lack of sleeping, not like taking eating well and well, all dude, that stuff. Stand up. This is the we'll other thing. To you. What's that? It, it's true. So we just took two involuntary years, essentially two years off from really touring or doing anything. I want to know how it was for you. But when I did my first weekend back, my body was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing? Like, because for me... And this is how my anxiety is. I'll I'll kind of be prepping for the show in my brain, in my subconscious, like it's running a program. Mm -hmm. Even I'm at lunch, and it's so it's taking me a little bit out of the moment, and I don't like that. Then I do the show, and then driving home and sleeping, I'm playing the show back, sort of again subconsciously. And your adrenaline has gone so high. Forget it. Forget it. So like, you, but you, that thought of sleeping is not happening for hours. This is why so much substance abuse. This is why people used to get loaded or they try to keep it going with uppers. Do or you do any substances? Val and I talk about this all the time. We are in a really, we're like, why are we anxious? And we're like, yeah, we're facing reality with no help. Okay. <laughs> okay. Although I don't you are really, a brave man. I don't really Mr. consider <laughs> it help. But like when I was 32, I was, I was drinking and I was, uh, I would smoke pot occasionally. I remember you very well in New York City around that time. Really? I used to work at the Broadway Comedy Club. No way. And I, ne and you used to be one of the good ones that came in. Oh, that's and nice. I remember, I never looked at you as somebody that was very anxious, just the very, I don't want to try and claim like uh, a seat at the high anxiety table. I just want you to know that I know what it's like to not be able to shut off your brain, repetitive yes. thoughts, uh, sleep disruption. There's a certain, my, my therapist used to say that anxiety is like a bell curve, which he had to explain to me, so I'm going to explain to you, because uh, I didn't know what it means. Like too little, bad, just enough, good, high productivity, that's the bell in the bell curve, too much, bad, debilitating. So it's like you want to have... And the reason I tell you that is because certain ideas would get me out of bed. They still do. Jokes get me. Last night, 
my baby was sleeping on me. Congratulations! Thanks, by the man. Way. Yeah, and she's three. We're still sleeping. So <laughs> we is... have a kid at the same time. We did. Yeah. No I have shit. A three-year-old. I didn't know that. Born I knew you had a baby. No shit. Irish, Puerto Rican, Jewish, born on 9-11 in New wow. York. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. That's yeah. a whole tribute. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole tribute. He loves happening. bagels, dude. He loves them. <laughs> that now, is incredible. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. So you know what it's like having a baby sleeping on you. Mm-hmm. But I had an idea uh, for something I'm writing. And I, I took my phone like blaring, like lighting a torch in the darkness. It's the worst. Like I'm risking waking up the baby, but that's good anxiety for me where the idea comes in the middle of the night and I won't relax until I write it down. I like that. I'm not like nervous about it, but I'm not so calm that I'm like, I'll remember it tomorrow. Because guess d- what? I I've done that move before, but I've also rested the phone on the baby. Hilarious. As you do. <laughs> My wife gets mad when I do that yeah. when we're cuddling. I just use her kind of to rest the phone. <laughs> on the skull? <laughs> on like her head. On that thin, thin <laughs> M&M no, her, candy shell her, When me and her are cuddling. Uh, and on I just, the, on... Oh, my wife? Yeah, I'll just use it right. Can you not? Can you not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about how 42 I am, but if we're watching TV, I need phones uh, on Do Not Disturb. That is, that's a new thing. When I'm young, I'm like, let's watch and tweet about it. And now I'm like, we're watching Frasier. Like, I, I need something I need like I'm so easily distracted. But anyway, terribly. a lot of things are happening. I wanted to tell you that I'm not claiming high anxiety, but I know kind of what it feels like. But you were saying you feel like it comes in attacks. When yeah. was your first one? My first anxiety attacks probably started my first one i can remember was when i was 21 and i tried to move out here really yeah what was that move and i just i moved out here thinking i was gonna be able to just like roller skate topless well i was doing well i started comedy at 19 so and i was doing really well really fast in new york and i was like oh i can go out to la and do that and then just get auditions and stuff and start moving and it was just wasn't like that i got out here I wasn't given any stage time. I was doing, and I also didn't have a car. So I had like I this really, this. really tough time of like trying to figure out this place. And New York and LA comedy is so different. Oh, yeah. So it was just like for me not to be able to get stage time when all my friends back home were doing three, four spots a night, even if they weren't at the greatest club. Like right. that gave me a lot of anxiety. Right. But uh, right before I moved out here, I had my first panic attack. Before you got out here? Yeah. Because I, I have to here. imagine. It was very anxious once you got here. Like that's a movie I don't even want to watch. It's so it, it scares yeah, me. Yeah, I was so just much. failing. It was yeah. just fail after because, fail after well, fail. Well, New York is sort of like not that. By the way, when we did Crashing, which you were on, uh, people, young comics used to be like, "I moved to New York because of your show." <laughs> like I'm going to crash on couches, and I wanted to, be, and I would say, "You shouldn't have done that." Yeah. You're don't not you? going to get into the cellar like that. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> the show is a fast forward of seven years. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it, not really. It's, it is, but you know, to them. But I, I did have to tell people, like, you shouldn't have done that. But what I was going to say, in New York, at least there are, you tell me what you think. You can sort of get up some terrible places. You can take the train everywhere. Like, you have access. Here, if you don't have a car and you don't know anybody I do feel like in New York, when I first got there, you could kind of go to some open mic in Flatbush and be mm-hmm. like, "Is can I? And you just kind of be charismatic. Yeah. And here it's like, no, you got to go through Beverly. <laughs> and if you're going to go at Beverly at this time, and like you get there and like Harlan Williams is there and you're like, you're not getting on this show. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was, 
And I, then, like, I got offered a job to work at the store. And then, really? like, but, like, I don't come from money. I don't have, like, a background or anything or anybody that was able to support me. So I was like, I can't live off this, though. Right. Like, I was like, I can't work here because I an can't internship. live. Yeah. Yeah. So what it was, was the, it wasn't to do stand up. It was to work the doors. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like and Patrice. Was, and there's, like, there's a good lineage of comics that work doors. Who's the old booker with the long hair? I always do produce shows at the store, oh, okay. so I've never known a booker. His name was like Tommy or something like that. He used to like do bands. Okay. And then he was the booker <laughs> of the store for some reason. Wait, he but he was, was always he was he was always very nice to me and uh like he, they always gave me like stage time on that like open mic thing. Yeah. But yeah. It was just a really tough time for me and i only lasted eight months and then when i went, went back i'm like, sorry ricky you mean you lasted eight months and you're gonna be proud of that for the rest of your no. life right <laughs> you should be holy shit like i'm not blowing smoke it was cool when you didn't care about your phone but it's even <laughs> cooler that that's a lot of you know grit i guess or, or just like abuse ability to take abuse <laughs> what well, it just felt like to go year. back home to be back in my parents house was failing you know, I went back, I moved back into Queens. Like, I'm yeah. from Queens, New York. And I, I lived in this town, Queens Village, which is, like, 45 minutes outside the city. And just, like, yeah. I kind of felt stuck there my whole life. And then, right. like, to go back there after, like, taking this big leap that nobody believed in. Felt it, it's like, very cliche. You mean the guy at the deli was like, Hey, Ricky, tell me a fucking joke, kid. As he's it wasn't that. The, it was like, you, I heard you came home because you missed your mommy. That, I heard oh, you. yeah. I'm sure. Which, by the way, is not unique to New York. When I, when, when I was in uh, Chicago and I was moving to New York, people gave me shit there at, at the Bennigans, at the local Bennigans, <laughs> which is now a Rite Aid. But there was a guy, Tony, who was in and out of prison, and he was really... I actually loved Tony, and he used to yell at me, Tell me a motherfucking joke as he was working the line. And like, but this felt very New York to me. Deep down, he kind of was, I think he was rooting for me. I wonder if you, got, there's ball breaking in that New York way, but there had to be some people that were like, you know, Ricky, I believe in you. I want to be a manager. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to need somebody that's got a level head. <laughs> so, like, you don't Jimmy, need these Hollywood folk. <laughs> Jimmy 11 fingers. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you, the 11th fingers. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, LA is, I feel bad for LA right now more than anything. Why? Because I feel like you guys are like really going through it. In I mean, I've always felt like it's a very isolating town, and now it even feels more with COVID. And also, like there you go when you look outside and you Though, see things. It's not a good sign that I was ready for seven different reasons why that might be true. You know, when you have a family as you do, yeah, it's totally different. Like, I imagine COVID was different, but like when I hang out with my brother who lives out here, he's like. It's it was that way already, and now it's worse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it leads to kind of crazier people. You know, like people start to lose it a little bit. Well, I always say you guys have too much sun. There's way too much sun for you guys. That is so funny. That's why I believe your homeless is crazier. Yeah, they're baked. So they're baked. They're, the sun's been on their head for years. <laughs> I guess that's an insensitive riff. <laughs> but there, there is a literal, like a heat-induced kind of yeah, tension. Mania. Yeah. yeah, there's a mania. And um, I just, I, I just like see on my way here, it was just like, well, that's sad. worse. That's worse. My, I like this whole neighborhood is like all just like scrap cars now. I don't know what people are doing to like make ends meet, but it appears to be scrapping. 
Okay. I, I appear to live on the Avery lot from making a murderer now. <laughs> and like, you're just like, this is one of the things. Like, you can shut, you can shut it out to a certain extent, but in a city, you're going to see other people's crazy i mean that's that's what new york is well new york is different through covid now because it's just like the laws don't matter anymore but like we're back (laughs) like you're inside you're at comedy clubs you're like it's it's very busy like the stores are busy but like it's also like there's motorcycles going the wrong way on the streets (laughs) i'm not kidding you there's people just riding like these electric scooters that are basically going faster than cars with no helmet like it's crazy out there because that way i think there's been like a our mortality our mortality was so threatened and everything was revealed to be as chaotic as it actually is like we have the illusion oh, that's of interesting I've security about it like you know that. what i mean yeah. so then it's like no wait we're all fragile and we're all kind of like flowers like human beings are kind of like flowers we're beautiful and we look cool but you can step on us and squash us and give us a virus and then you're like i'm gonna drive my scooter in the wrong direction i don't think you should <laughs> i think now is the time we're rebuilding now is the time to ride it in the right direction because society is a collective agreement you know what i mean it's a it's a hallucination we all agree to have i think it also comes comes back to like new york's about to have a new mayor like all that stuff's going on so like we'll see i I, I just hope that it turns because like it's like weird being telling my wife like do not wear your engagement ring out Wow! (laughs) like it got there at certain times really yeah yeah yeah. interesting because of covid yeah 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 yeah. when i again there's so many you see so many more people struggling it's really really sad really yeah i have to talk to more people because the people i was just talking to my friend yoni and he was in new york and all they talk about is how what you said like he wrote on yeah he he was was on king stan island with us oh yeah yoni yeah yoni's great yeah yoni's amazing and whenever he goes to new york he's great he just loves what all young people love about New York is that like you don't have to drive so you can go to bars and you can have a few drinks. So he drinks. comes back and he's like, the pizza's good. And the pizza's good. <laughs> that was my New York bit was I was like, what happens was when you're young, you're like, you can eat pizza at 3 a.m. And when you hit like 40, you're like, I can't eat pizza at 3 a.m. <laughs> like, why am I up at 3 a.m.? Why am I up at 3 a.m. and eating hot Italian food? <laughs> like, yeah. when it the, just flips. Like, when the guys at Joe's know you and you're not famous. That's a bad That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's so much to talk about. I want to talk about New York, but what happened with this first panic attack? Because why did it happen before you left? I just guess I was leaving my comfort zone. I, mean, I was leaving, sense, like, yeah. everybody I knew, everything I, like, uh, I, I was, and I just... I remember it happening and I really just thought I was dying. Yeah. And it happened in like the laundry room as I was packing in my house in Queens. Oh, wow. And I just like, I didn't understand what happened. And I had it by myself and no one was home. It was wild. Wow. And I ended up on the floor and almost Wild, like, like horrible. It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and very scary. And you probably, not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you might have thought you were dying, right? I mean, yeah. you don't know what's happening. And uh, after that, I just uh, I, I hadn't had one in a long time until I put myself in certain situations. Like what's a? I mean, I, just like doing stand up at in higher places and uh, more pressure and the rest yeah. of that. And I just yeah. over the years have learned. I think more of it was having my kid that really calmed it down a lot. That who said that? I think it was Dak Shepard said having a kid is the cure to every existential anxiety is because you have this other thing that you're so much more invested in than yourself. That's not to say you have to be 
overly invested in yourself to be anxious. But, but it, it does takes help. away selfishness. Yeah, it does. And gives you a little bit of humility. Yeah, absolutely. You're dancing around like an idiot in front of your kid trying to make them laugh. And you're yes. like, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> How did I become this? And then you're like, as long as they're good... What could really happen? Like, what yeah. could really happen? That's to you? all that really matters. Yeah. at this point, is so, that he's okay. That's right. So, stand-up anxiety in particular went really way, way down for me because there was all of this. You know, I guess Lee was born when I was thirty-nine. I'll have to fact. I'm bad with math and time, but so I had like almost four decades of just caring about myself. So, of course, when I did Premium Blend, which is you, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, what that I know is? Premium Blend. Okay, Premium Blend. <laughs> I remember I was anxious in the way that it manifested as I wouldn't stop clearing my throat. I don't know if anything like that has ever happened. Like I just got obsessed with a tick. One time on crashing, I got obsessed that I had a nose hair that was tickling me and I just like kept trying to pluck it. Like <laughs> they'd yell cut and I'd go to the green room um, or whatever, your dressing room and try and pluck this room. And the director Gillian was like, I don't think it's about the nose hair being like that. So I have these little like yeah. ways that it manifests, but those are like overwhelming situations. Your first TV show uh, being on a set at three in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what, when was the next one? I feel like uh, this is like the Sopranos. The next one. Or what was one that you remember that was like triggered by a high stakes standup situation? Um, when I got the nightly show. Yeah. Um, the Larry Wilmore. Yeah. I was uh I was really bad at that point in time. Interesting. Yeah. What you, I mean like vomiting before you go to work. Yeah. Dude, I can relate. That was me. Yeah. So you got we were talking about Mike DiStefano. He told you to uh the advice he gave you was be undeniable. Yeah. Which is the same advice Jim Gaffigan gave me. Wow. And uh and I was just like, Oh, I wonder if it was just like they talked about it. Like it made me wonder they must have known each other. They were around the same generation. They were talking about it. And it's such great advice. He gave it to me on the train. It was one of those New York things. You're just going to relate to this. I you think. guys are way too big to be on the train. Like you just sticking out on the train. Not just picturing then. you two on the train. Oh, you so mean just like enormous, physically enormous? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, first of all, I thought it was a fame thing. Jim, I don't, I think New York's cool enough that they would let Jim Gaffigan in a hat. He walks around. Yeah. Yeah. Jim in a hat is okay. He's he he gets around. People say hi. I think people in New York are very respectful of that way. That's what I mean. If he wasn't wearing a hat and he you know was like going around smiling, maybe <laughs> wearing a more shirt that people... says Gaffigan. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a code. Yeah, you yeah. wear the hat. You wear the hat and people are like, He's wearing a hat. <laughs> Especially if the hat doesn't say anything on it. Because a lot of people wear hats for attention. My dad wears a Red Sox hat to find the other Red Sox fans. <laughs> but like famous people, like my famous friends wear like a plain khaki hat. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the hat that says, uh, it actually sometimes gets you more noticed because who wears a plain khaki hat? But it says, I don't want to talk. But where were we going? I was about to say, on the show, oh, this is a New York story that I think you'll relate. We were, my stop, we're on the A train, I think. And I'm um, at West 4th. And he was going further downtown, but I should have gotten off at West 4th to get on the F to go home. Mm -hmm. And I stayed on the train to keep talking to him. <laughs> Isn't that a New York thing? Yes. Like I was yeah. so thrilled that Jim Gaffigan was talking to me that I stayed on the train extra stops. And that's when he said, be undeniable, which is the same advice you got. And I mean, talk about it a little bit. Talk about Mike telling you that, what it means. To um, you. Like I said, I worked at Broadway Comedy Club. I was the uh, ticket taker. And then with that, I got to do every show. Mm. And um, that's where I met you originally. Oh, wow. um, 
And then um, Mike, I mean, he had become undeniable at that point. Remember right yeah. before he passed? He yeah. was like the best. He yeah. was so insane to watch how he grabbed the room, how he demanded like attention. It was yeah. it was just something else. And he was also talking about things people weren't talking about. Right. And um, I asked to hang out with him. I was like, hey, can we talk? Because I just wanted to. I always did that. I always did that. I never felt weird asking people like for questions or That's anything. Great. When I first started, it's one of my favorite stories. I wrote letters to his uh, all the comics I like, and the only one that wrote me back was Aziz. Really? And he did through my career, and I didn't tell him, but <laughs> we became friends. Wow. And then later, someone outed me about it. <laughs> when you but, say letter, you wrote him an email. What do you mean? Like a letter. Like I used to write him emails. He, oh, like had, emails, he had his yeah. email at the bottom of his website. Oh, wow. And he would just write me back about what I should be doing trying to get ahead in comedy. Oh, that's great. So, um, and yeah, and that like... And now if someone wrote you an email, I mean, like, you can't reply to all of them, but maybe you would give... I people... try to really help out people I can help out. Yeah, because Gaffigan did that it. for me, and Burr did that for me. Wow. Those were the Those guys great. Yeah. that were like... And believe it or not, it was kind of like before both of them blew up, but they were still huge to me. Like, they were really, really big deals to me. But I find it very important, if you're going to do that, to really believe in it. Yeah. Like, you can't just do that for everybody. You can't just do that for people just to, like... Well, you can, get, you can tell if you're getting a, a, a control V, a paste. This <laughs> is a paste. You just change the name from Jim to Pete, and, and yeah. it's like, I'm a stand-up. And, like, <laughs> there are these little things that you can say that let someone know you actually care and like them. And I, I, it's weird that ego has something to do with it. But if you're going to help somebody out, you don't want to answer a form letter. Like, yeah. You want to be like... And, and that advice seeking time i also think good on you you know what i mean like asking for advice you asked Aziz for advice do you remember what he said yeah i i didn't uh, i remember he was just telling me get out there flyer do anything you can to get on stage yeah. anything and everything and yeah. um yeah i took what i liked out of it uh, did i take all of it no but yeah. um he was just so nice throughout the whole thing and till this day is somebody that helps me out and has been great to me oh that's really good um but yeah, and Mike was the same way. Where And Mike told me, and it was the only time I ever hung out the, at the Comedy Cellar before I was passed at it. I mm. didn't like to hang out there. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's an anxiety attack. It almost made you a yeah. target at that time. Oh my God. I was one of those people that sat at the satellite tables, and I was like, why am I here? You're just <laughs> sitting there to give them something else yeah. to riff on. My dumb billowing khakis. <laughs> I remember Mulaney said, you look divorced before you were divorced. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Kelly would just call me dummy and Burr. I've told this story too many times, but Burr used to wait for a lull in the conversation, but I knew he was going to say something about me because he looked at me. Like he looked at my oh, outfit, no. and then he turned back to the group, and then like when there was a lie, he was like, "This guy." And I'm, I'm like, "What am <laughs> no. I?" But like, literally, what is that abuse? Like, why? Like, we are already talking about like stand up is harder on our systems than we admit. You know, like just it's like people that work in parking garages at over the overnight shift. They live shorter lives. You shouldn't have yeah. your circadian rhythms fucked with in that way. You shouldn't have your adrenaline, even if it's just the adrenaline of working at a garage. You're not meant to be up at 4 a.m. Like, and we shouldn't have been up eating eggplant parm subs. No, and like, yeah, nachos. Just, like, just dying. Just, wings. Just because it's free, Pete. I know it's free, <laughs> but you don't have to eat it. But you're also trying to come down from the adrenaline. Like, you have the anxiety leading in. You have the fun on stage if it goes really well. And then you have the up. 
And for me, the way down from the up, down meaning I can sleep, meaning I can enjoy it, and you feel like you deserve it, is like, I should eat one of those artichoke pieces of pizza or something. You know, I remember artichoke. I don't know if it's still there. It's still but there. But like a huge, like a cheesecake pizza. Yeah. Like that's that all I can say. Was, it's, it's nasty. Like layered. I don't like it. I'll go on the record. I'll shoot. I, didn't, I do not like it either. I'll it's go on not record good. together. Fuck it. Fuck them. Yeah, you're in New York City. It's the best pizza in the world. And also, it's, you know what? Chicago deep dish. Don't care for it. I don't need a nine. I do not need that. Oh, my. All, I thought you were going to get mad at me because people get mad no. at me. What is this, a pie? What is this, a savory, buttery pie with cheese in the middle? It's, is this my last meal? Are you going to electrocute me? I and I a, just love cheese so much that I'm like, bring me all the cheese and a butter crust. I had a friend's girlfriend who, like, I still love her, and she's a very good friend of mine. But yeah. when we went to Chicago, she's from it, and she brought, like, the best version of it. Yeah. And, like, it just sat in the green room. And after the show, she came back, and I grabbed, like, two, three slices and just threw it in the garbage. So she you thought are the it. You are the king of Staten Island. <laughs> 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 because that is the greatest story I've ever heard. I didn't heard. want to hurt her feelings, no. so I threw out some of her no. pizza. <laughs> You're in the Hall of Fame now. You pick up three heavy soggy yeah. slices yeah. of chicago that have been sitting there oh for, yeah they're sweating oh yeah, yeah. they're yeah, sweating been there for a while <laughs> and you dunk yeah. them before she came in <laughs> <laughs> i care about feelings yeah man. <laughs> no that's good that's really good well that that is maybe you tell me about this when you are anxious, you start to consider other people might be anxious, and then you watch how you behave a little bit more. That seems to yeah. be true in my case. Do you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're always worried about what everybody else is thinking, which doesn't really fucking matter because no one's really thinking about you. That's right. And if there, do you think there is a good side? You're like, oh, fuck. It's really like you just look like a together person, but inside there's a whole other reality potentially. It keeps the drive going, though. And I think that's why so many comics do have anxiety and are able to figure it out in a way that it works for them. But that's, I also think comics die young. Yeah, I know. That's the bell curve. Yeah. Too much anxiety. The bell curve. It's back. I mean, I know guys that could use a little bit more anxiety. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, those You want to give them anxiety. Those you want to be like always impress me. The guys like that just, just seem fine. Just love and life. <laughs> I don't know if you know him, but he's one of my favorite comics in the world and how he lives his life blows my mind and Ooh. I love it. Leonard Oots. Leonard Oots. I know Leonard Oots a little bit. Oh my god. He never all took I a day off Leonard all Oots. through COVID, too. He just kept working? He just kept going, dude. He was out at hookah bars and partying in the club. Like, it was crazy. I mean, Leonard Oots is not... Okay, I don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> <Me either>. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard's the greatest. He loves life. It's so amazing. He's just going around not taking any shit, I guess. I have worked But you know what? Him. It's not shit to be careful, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> we care about you. I, I, I love him. He's yeah. one of, but he just loves life and never stopped living it. And it's just, it blows my mind how casually he's re ready to do anything. Wow. Yeah. But he seems to be doing all right. Doing great. Like Funches is another one of those guys that's like calm. I, I guess I'm thinking like weed smoking, life lovers, Leonard, mm -hmm. Funches. And I'm like, but underneath, I think, Ron, I don't know if it's driven by anxiety. I'd have to ask him. But there are some people that it's not that they're loving life. This is like in defense of anxiety, the, just a, a sprinkle. I'm just like, you realize like there's like benchmarks. Like we should like, you should be doing 
better. <laughs> like you want to, you want to like grab them and be like, you can't just kind of like coast and like on this. You shouldn't you want? Shouldn't you have a goal? Like that's how I am. I'm like, you need a goal. Oh, I don't. Like, I don't put you're like you're doing in, something. I don't put Leonard. In oh no, I know. No, I, no, it no, didn't no. sound okay, like you were. Okay, yeah, no. I'll give you an example. So you're doing something with Judd, right? Yeah. When I in my time with Judd, meaning the daily time with Judd, the close time with Judd, yeah, I saw so many things come and go that that might have been like a project or this or that, like go past his desk, and I was surprised that often, not often, every once in a while it would be because the, it seemed to me that the comedian wasn't like going for it. You know what yes. I mean? He was like. I gave him a note. I uh, I said maybe uh, <laughs> maybe maybe don't have it be in the eighties. Ah, you do a great job. So you don't want it to be in the eighties. If it's in the eighties, every time a bus goes by, <laughs> it's not a good impression, but it's the it's the essence of him. Yeah. Um. And then I'd be like, "What happened with that thing?" And he'd be like, "They never did it." And I was like, "They never did it." And those people could use a little bit more anxiety. No, that does blow. You know my what I'm mind. saying? Yes. Absolutely. I couldn't believe it. You're, you're, I don't, it sounds like I don't have to tell you. I mean, like, how did you meet Je- from King of Staten? Is King it? of Staten Island. And then he made me a, uh, a, a mixtape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sailing. What would be on a Judd mixtape? What's on a Judd mixtape? <laughs> I mean, I think it's the soundtrack to every, there's certain songs. He'll put it in your thing. There's certain songs that are in every movie of his. And they're always like classic rock, like, Credence Clearwater stuff <laughs> like stuff that like I think Kings of Leon is cool and when I'm old like I'll be working with some young comedian and I'll be like maybe we'll put in Kings of Leon and they'll be like alright granddad like, that's Credence <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> but, but it's still good music I, I feel like I don't even know what the bands are called but I could point them out to you yeah. it's like the soundtrack to the uh, the doc comedian like that's the same did you watch the Seinfeld documentary comedian Oh, I thought you said I thought you said the dog comedian. The dog not comedian. The dog comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I've seen it. I'm trying so desperately <laughs> to think of a comedian, comedian name that I can turn into a dog, and I just don't have it. Well, for a second, I thought you were talking about the insult comic dog, and I was like, Oh, you mean try? I was like, You're list. You're listening <laughs> to the scores. <laughs> yeah, it's not triumph. It's the music underneath. You don't realize what a contribution the the sound design is making to triumph. <laughs> so you met him doing. Uh, uh, King so Stan. I met him at the audition, and that night we had two shows at Largo together. So I knew who I was in front of. So I did two fifteen different fifteen minute sets in front of him. Okay, Ricky, come on, man, and you're what, doing it. I love it. What, this is, this mean, is the opposite of what I'm talking about. I don't mean to sound like an old fart. But when Mike Birbigli and I talk, we sometimes talk shit about how some of the younger people don't seem to know to make moves. And you're making moves. It's not gross or stupid to be like, there's a important person here and I'm going to do two different sets to impress them. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not putting down whatever generation you are. I'm just saying like, there just seems to be in this instant gratification world with you can be TikTok famous tomorrow. There seems to there there doesn't seem to be as much of a premium on like I think I'm gonna kill it. Just change though. Tell I me what tell biz- me what that makes you think. Tell me. I that makes me think like I like my dream. I went to theater school. I went. I did all that. So my dream was always acting and doing stand up. And now there's so many different lanes that there's yeah. so many of these young guys that what they just don't even think that's like what they want to do or an opportunity they're interested in anymore. Right, right. I think it's really different. I think it's really different from te- five years ago. It's interesting. Well, please correct my math. It seems to me like 
to us, to people like me and Mikey Berbiglia, that got into... Who I love, by the way. He's amazing. Yeah. They got into stand-up. You're like, you'd grind at it for like 30 years, and then you might coast. Maybe then you'll like produce some shows and maybe do some videos and like kind of like tiptoe lightly in the easy stuff, in the fun stuff, because you've earned it. And now it seems like someone who's 22 is like, no, fuck all that grind. Correct me if I'm wrong. Fuck the grind. I, I just want to, I want someone bringing me a Diet Coke now. Yeah. <laughs> like I want a, a silver platter Diet Coke, and I want to like not leave my house and work with my friends. And I know I sound maybe old or stupid, but it's interesting and encouraging. And I and I probably think you might be in a minority if you're like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow the doors off with two 15 minutes. That would be hard for me to do. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy to do two different 15s. But at the same time, I have been at this point doing comedy what nine, ten years. Right. I started when I was 19. I met Judd. I think I was 28, 29. Yeah. Um, 32 now. So I've been around him for two three years and it's been great yeah um and it's just like when you start learning what he's putting into his work and like seeing it from the inside like that's what i wanted to do when i was in taking script writing class for while i was in high school like it's all the stuff that so for me like being around judd apatow and being like i remember he would be down at the cellar hanging out with people but like we didn't know each other so i just stayed away from him because i didn't want to like but when I was going to get my opportunity, I was going to take it. Yes. And um, see, it's not, I love this because it's not embarrassing to make moves, right? It's not embarrassing to make moves. I feel like no. some people are embarrassed to I be think, like. I, I think those, that's, that's just dumb to me. I don't know. I just come from a place where it's like, if you don't make moves, you get, you're stuck. And doesn't, don't let me put words in your mouth. There seems something New York-y about that. In New York, so many people. So you have this sense of like, look at how many fucking people, people I'm going are. up against, <laughs> and how many people you're going up against. Even so many comedians, yeah, so many clubs, yeah. There's something good about being reminded of like, oh man, that's why Jim told me and Mike told you be undeniable. That's advice you need when you're aware of 98 other people who want your spot tonight. Well, it's even like I like I read Kevin Hart's book. And like he even talks about like not being afraid to ask for questions, yeah. not being able to, uh, not being afraid to like go for it. And it's yeah. like you have to go there if you really want this. And I'm not making it up that there seems to be kind of like a trying is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say pandemic. No, I think that, <laughs> I, I don't think you're wrong saying it's that going at around all. a little bit. Yeah, that it's, it, it's just not cool to be thirsty. To look sweaty and or or even I don't know. I don't even know if I'm coming off thirsty or sweat. Like I don't. Oh, I don't think you are. I just think that, that was a Leonard Outs moment. <laughs> nobody, nobody was saying anything bad about you or Leonard Outs. Um, I just think ways. that it's um, it was definitely like, you know, I was having a kid. Yeah, I was having like so there is that'll there, help. There's a lot of things that were coming towards me. Yeah, that was like, hey, it's time to go for it. It's, it's time, time to, to double down. It's, it's time to pull some stuff towards yeah. me. Because there's all this stuff coming towards me no matter what. But that does put a clock on it, right? I mean, you're like, life is coming. Yeah. Let me see what I can pull in here. Uh, how did that happen? Did Were you trying to have a baby? No. No, but um, me and my wife, like, at the time, like, we had the conversation actually before it happened that, like, we would if we did. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we weren't even married yet. 
Oh, wow. Um, but we uh, this year will be us together for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So you've been together since you were 22? 23. 23. Yeah. Wow. How'd you meet? Um, we met through a friend. and um, She's a yeah. New Yorker as, as well. No, no. She's from Michigan, but uh, she was living out here. And uh, actually, she made me like this town I re- because I left it at 21 with such a sour taste in my mouth. Right. And oh, did you go I, back to New York and you were like, that place sucks? Yeah. You had, like, oh, I fucking hated here for a long time. You <laughs> had a good 20 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> you had the worst experience. I said it's the only town. I, I still stand by this. It's the only town that I've never seen anybody read a newspaper. That is really funny. I say this town is like Instagram became a place. <laughs> like if we could just go up and tap people twice and go like, I don't like this. I like it's it. really, uh, and you can feel the uh, ambition here, which is kind of a little bit toxic. That's why I like being in this part of the uh, part of the city. You know, like you go to Hollywood. I remember a friend of mine was in the hospital, and I went to a bar just to take a break from being with somebody in the hospital, and people were talking to me about their scripts and stuff. It, it was a bar across the street from the hospital. It was like the hospital bar. <laughs> so I have to assume they were also there visiting people and still talking about show business. And I was like, this is an unholy place. Yeah, and I like I like that about New York is like you can go to a bar and just be who you are and yes. not have to explain what your job is or what you're right. doing. Or like, I'm right. sure it must be hard for you to meet people that don't know who, like, I don't know how much you'd push that when you meet people, but... Like yes. talk about what you do. It, I mean, I, it is at a place in my life where it is nice to just have a regular conversation and not talk about what you do. That's just, I, I feel like that's just the West in general, like just meaning Western culture, like just go to a party and wait till someone asks what everyone does, especially the men. Often the women don't even get asked. They're just sort of like, and you're a lady. <laughs> and what do you do, big fella? <laughs> it's like, I watch that. People don't ask Val what, what she does sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of, that's fucked up. It's weird. So you had a lot of things going. You were talking, oh, so you so met I did, at, did this shows at Largo with Judd. Yeah. And then I went back to New York and I was just oh, waiting and to hear if I got the part or whatever. And then I found out maybe like three, four weeks later, it was mine. And then like a week and a half into that, I get a phone call from Judd out of the blue, Hmm. like um, on my cell phone too, not even like through my manager or anything. At this point, I had only talked to Barry and through agencies and whatnot. And Judd was like... Uh, you want to do punch up? And I was like, I don't know what even what that means. <laughs> and uh, from there, he uh, bought me uh, Final Draft. Judd Apatow bought me Final Draft wow. and had it put on my computer. <laughs> wow! And he sent me the script, and I just went through it and just put in jokes. just alts all you know yeah. the alt game. And yeah. I uh, and I fr- sent back the first, and then he was like, "These are great." So, and then he would make me focus in on certain things and. See, this I was is... on set the whole entire summer, and that was the first summer I had with my child. Wow. And uh, you know how intense his sets are. So, yeah. like, I really didn't oh, have a summer say. with my kid. Wow. Uh, but then we got pandemic together. You got panned. So... <laughs> you got panned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Homeless or baked, and you got panned. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that is wonderful, and just right up his alley, because I just remember when we were doing Crashing... It, it, like a Mr. Miyagi sort of situation, he, he wants you to do a lot of stuff to show that you're a person that will do a lot of stuff. I used to hear that. I used to hear lore of that. I don't even know if this is true. I never asked him, but like that, like 
one of the things Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen and all that like original crew would do is come up with 50 movies. Yeah. Like I've heard about this. Just do it. Like really come up like just come up with the log lines for 50 movies. Like why are we going around being like <laughs> one movie, one precious movie? Judd is like a volume guy. He's like we'll find it in the numbers. And even if you hit it right the first time out? Yeah. You're still going to write 100 times just to come back to that place. That's right. That's right. So you might as well get good at writing it. But then you realize you've written 15 other scenes that can be plugged into different places. And you you just you learn you you, the characters are so developed as well that writing for them feels so easy. Yeah. What is the idea? The Judd Project. You know he doesn't want that in the air. Put, put that on the air. Put it on the air. Come on, yeah, you gotta, you gotta tip it out. I feel like I could have said the general idea. But it's about your life. Uh, no. Oh, no. 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 Okay, well, that's parts of it. Parts of it. Now I'm yeah. glad I asked. And uh, so we fictional. did a lot of writing about my family uh, uh, with it, but... Um, you know, end products, they, they change and yeah. things get so distant from where they are. But um, it's definitely me as the character. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Well, now you the other iron in the fire we had was you met your uh, now wife after your I Hate LA and she made you like it. Tell me tell me what comes to mind there. So where you met her through friends. And I then met she- her leaving a show. Did you ever do... I don't think you did. I used to run a show with my friends down in the Lower East Side at Fat Baby. Fat baby, no. It was like a party. It was more than a stand-up show. Like it was crazy, but really? like the weirdos loved it. Like it was like <laughs> the Lower East Side. Out of nowhere, Hannibal just started coming through. He People got say a- Hannibal, you can't do Fat Baby. I say yes, I can. Hannibal. <laughs> but then he was telling all of his friends. So then Little Rel started coming in, and then we oh, had wow. Eric Andre come. Like we had wow. such great. And like once we got them, we were able to get whoever we wanted. Yeah. But quickly, like the comics that came down thinking they were doing a comedy show. Like, yeah. we're yeah. just like, fuck this. I yeah. hate this. But because then, it really was that wild? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, it never really settled down for the show? Or, like, what? There's a lot I of mean, ways. I mean, like, we would find a guy outside being wild, just in the Lower East Side. And we'd be like, you want to do comedy? And, like, let him go on stage for 15 minutes. And it would be the most wild thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Did you have a big old hook vaudeville style in case we, this dude didn't get off stage? We had a DJ that we used to wear a mask and he wouldn't talk and his name was DJ No Face. And if, <laughs> <laughs> if your joke bombed, he would go brum, 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 and like no yeah, 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 face. Yeah. And no a lot face. of comedians would get really angry about it. Really? Yeah, because they didn't understand like we were just doing something very different and weird in the Lower East Side for and a long time. So my wife. Well, you have to tell me what the crazy pe- or the or the people you we had. A, we had our host had do? a knife pulled on him once what in the middle of the show. <laughs> He's already hosting. It's the hardest spot. He's already getting a wild re- a room ready for comedy and a knife. Yeah, and a burr, 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 burr. We, we we used to <laughs> we we used to raffle off like uh like like a turtle from petco in the middle of the show and then like somebody would just have a p- pet <laughs> turtle 
This is like almost Andy Warhol. It's like we have a show, but you get a turtle, and there's a man with a knife. He, he attacks the host, but it's very funny. And the bar. I know Andy Warhol didn't have that. We accent. we always laughed because like the drinks they were so bad because you can always like taste the soap of like. <laughs> oh my people God. would be wasted off this soap liquor. I can't believe Hollywood didn't swoop in and try to recreate. They tried. It. Yeah, and ruin it. Uh, they, we're gonna put soap in all the drinks. We're gonna put joy palm olive. It's they, gonna be awful. They did. They were like, you need to, you need to add this. Then you need to add that. And it's just yeah. like they tried to, they tried to take away from what me and my four friend, my friend Julio Galarotti, Benny D, and uh, Josh Wesson. Edit that out. And <laughs> <laughs> no, being a good guy on my watch. And uh, what was the knife story? What happened? Sorry, I am so curious about everything. Ah, uh, the knife story. I don't even know honestly. I just remember it happened. There was just was a knife. Just like oh. Oh shit! There was just a knife. Okay, yeah. so you were saying your your three friends and Hollywood came in, and, and then they're... yeah, and then they tried to run a show. But um, I was I I got into a fight from stage at Fat Baby, and this girl would not stop heckling, and like it wasn't like we had security or anything, so the girl like like got to stay. So the show was. <laughs> she was the show now. Uh, yeah, basically, like uh, and, drunk and, on like, soap. Yeah, I just <laughs> burping up bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else pulls a knife it's considered a callback yeah <laughs> everybody, everybody claps wow yeah it's the, and it was the same knife uh, I, the, the, do you know nathan mcintosh uh no very funny redhead okay um hilarious. perfect name for a funny redhead nathan mcintosh he thought he was bombing once but what was really happening was a fist fight in the back of the room <laughs> oh my god like, why am i doing so bad <laughs> no one was paying attention there's another show nathan there's a fight nathan <laughs> there's a fight oh my god so we had like this cowboy like comedy show that was just wild it was clearly so fun but did and, people do well ever? and it was some people like Hannibal, I have to assume murder. Did well. yeah. Hannibal would yeah. murder the show. Yeah, you he can't would... say murdered for the Fat Baby show. You have to yeah, be no, like, yeah. he did very, very, <laughs> did well very, very well. Because maybe that girl, the drunk on soap, <laughs> knife girl, you don't, you never know what's happening at the Fat Baby. <laughs> this reminds me of the feeling I had when I first got to New York. I'd go to the Parkside Lounge. Remember, is that still there? Yeah, on uh, a. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I don't know if it's around anymore, but I rem- I know what you're talking about. And you'd have to walk kind of like a little too far, like into like kind of a shady neighborhood. Not, I mean, it was shadier then, I guess. And Joey Gay, do you know Joey Gay? Yeah, I and know Joey Gay well. I love Joey Gay. He was the first like real New Yorker I knew. And I would ask him all those like doughy eyed like i was a new kid i was in chicago but chicago is like a it's a city welcome to our fair city sweep 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 i know there's parts of chicago oh okay like, yeah no I, I i i i respect chicago a lot i don't feel that at really? all. really no. i thought it was so compared to new york it seemed much more the city planning alone just made it feel nicer. No garbage in the streets. Okay. I never saw any fights or anything. One week in New York, I'm seeing fights. I'm crazy shit on the train. Like The, the first time I did Zanies, they have that Saturday show. It's like a burlesque show, but they also do comedy during it. It's amazing. It's in the afternoon. Okay. Nothing like uh, lunch and titty nipple caps. <laughs> titty but it's, nipple it, caps. It's like a very alternative crowd. It's really cool. And I was outside of it, and I saw somebody get Not choked. Not for the edit, for the other thing. Sorry, Ricky. No oh, you did? 
Sorry. I saw somebody get choked on the corner and I was like, oh, like a guy in Chicago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm in Chicago. And I know Chicago has a lot of violence and death and I'm so sorry. I I, I was actually trying to pay it a compliment that (laughs) somebody's pushing like a big push broom with a mustache. I feel like they're very similar, New York and Chicago. That's why I think the Chicago people do so well in New York. Interesting. I will say I moved from Chicago to New York and the first day in Prospect Park, there was just a huge altercation <laughs> that I saw. My, my <laughs> sweet little first wife and I put down these lawn chairs that we bought at the hardware store and we're just sitting in the park. Like 10 minutes later, there was like a racially fueled, <laughs> horribly tense. It was actually kind of funny because I think you'll appreciate the New Yorkiness of the story. I think story. we both just saw like Chicago be Chicago. Yeah. And I saw New York be, you saw New York be New York. And that was the moment. Like, you were like, I'm here. Yeah, that's it. I'm here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm scared. I'm Someone frightened. told me this was going to yeah, happen. This, and that and that brings us back to Joey Gay. I was like, what do you do? And Joey said, get involved or get out of the way. That's what he said. I was just like, it's. I felt the same thing when I came to LA. I was like, what do you do if there's an earthquake? No one knew. And my friend Kenya was like, go outside. Go outside. That's the only advice anyone's ever given me. He's like, just go outside. You go. You want to go outside? Is that not good advice? That's what he said. All right. What do you do? I go under a table. I can wrap you home. Go under a table? Yeah. Go under a table. Yeah. Okay. Or even a door frame. Saying, door frames are okay? Yeah, but that's, see, you just said they're saying don't do not do door frame anymore. So is it door frame or not? I want, I've also heard the triangle thing, like you should get down next to something. So if something falls, it hits that, something higher than you. My point is, Joey Gay, Kenya Barris, these are the people that I was like, I have questions and no one seems to have answers. And I always remember get involved or get out of the way. Yeah. Which which is seems like a very New York thing. I like to get out of the way. That's, I, I that's, never that's got it. Moment. You think I, I was flattered that he included get involved to this this face. Yeah. I'm never getting involved. Okay, where we have a million things. My wife. Your wife. She wasn't at the show that I got heckled at. She was outside of it meeting up with a friend that she came to visit from college who is actually my friend who ended up marrying us. Oh, wow. And um, that night we ran around the Lower East Side drinking and having a good time. And uh, I tried to take her home and she jumped out of a cab. And I text. not a moving cab. No, <laughs> but she waited till they hit a stop sign in the Lower East Side because they have stop signs down there. Yeah, and she got out, and I just texted her. That wasn't cool. And then I didn't see her for three, four months, and I came out here. And I did I you saw mean her. her or you? What when you said that wasn't cool? No, what she did. <laughs> I thought you were like, I'm sorry, I made you uncomfortable. No, she just. Uh, you can ask her to this day. She say it. She was like, Oh, if I slept with him, he wouldn't have called me. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that she felt skeeved or anything. No. She was just like, I'm going to play this out. Yeah, more slow. Yeah, that wasn't cool. And yeah, and then three months later, or two, two, three months later, I came out here, and then the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. I love those New York dates where you can, again, perfect city for that. Like you go to, I've oh. had dates in New York that started as a lunch and they end in like a dinner. Like you just keep hanging out. We There's hit, so much stuff to do. We hit like four or five bars. Of course. Then, yeah. It was so cool. It was the a best. lot of fun. Yeah. The best. So that's interesting. That brings me to back to anxiety. You say, do you medicate your anxiety with weed? Is that like a, would you say um, that helps? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the weed's better for 
creativity for me, honestly. Oh, interesting. Um, I uh, are you very specific on like the strand? The strand, any... yes, it's very important to yeah, me. Um, yeah. and that stuff does make a difference. Um, like a focus weed. What is the one? Not even a focus. Weed. My favorite one ever is Blue Dream, but it's like yeah. it's it's. I've had Blue Dream. Yeah, it's a good one. It's easy. It's light. It feels fun. It's just and you work on it. I work on it. Yeah. Are you punching something up that you wrote when you weren't stoned? Or are you really looking at a blank page stoned? I can do either. Really? Yeah. Do you have a preference? Um, I like to be in the middle of a project, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. I'd much rather than a blank page is always Well, everybody the would worst. prefer the middle. But like, yeah. if you're starting blue skying something, it doesn't really matter. Weed or no weed, you can do it either way. Interesting. Yeah. And that, did do you, are you like a wake and bake person? There's no judgment here, by yeah. the way. Yeah. So yeah. you get up and, and it takes the edge off the... Not even takes the edge off, but it's just like that's my normal. Will you tell me that's, what it that's, does. That's, that's um, I find it like if I'm if it. I don't know if it's wake and bake because usually I like to start out with a workout. What now. if you were like, I'm not really awake. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm baking. But I just like I, I like to, I like to do a workout now. So yeah. like that has been huge with figuring out my anxiety. And then like just even jumping rope for 15 minutes a day can change my whole entire day. I, I'm shaking my head because I couldn't agree more. I don't know why I'm 42 and I'm just... See my post-it? It says, let your body solve what mine can't. That is oh, my, that's cool. That's my mantra. So it's in line with my treadmill here. And it really works. I'm like, your brain can't solve every problem. Some problems are just infinite. Your mortality, uh, what are we doing here? We're floating in space, whatever it might be. You can't get to a conclusion where you go like, I got it. Yeah. So let your body work it out. Like you're saying jump rope, that's letting the energy of the anxiety be used for something. I was working out like a crazy person coming up to the special. Really? Yeah, it was making me just feel very like focused. And I bet you had an incredible set. Did you work out the day of the special? Uh, yes. I find that if yes. I've exercised the day of a stand-up show, I'm like, what am I, a genius? Because I have full <laughs> access to my brain. There's yeah. blood flow. There's literally flow. We talk about creative flow. When your body is in flow, your creativity like takes a ride on the blood. Like It's like yeah. I can move anywhere in the brain right now. And I'm like, why was that so good? For so long, I was like, it's coffee or, or maybe... I remember Kumail and I went through a big phase where both of I were like, you need like one drink before you go on stage. And I was like, it's so lame that the answer was like, go for a jock or go for a yeah. walk or like that's that's what these you don't things... have a drink at all on stage anymore. No, I don't drink anymore. But that that's that's like I'm not if somebody had a drink before a show, I wouldn't be like, what a fool. Like, okay. that, that's totally one of the ways to kind of go up loose. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't enjoy stand up so much that sometimes, time to time, I'm like, I gotta have a few drinks tonight and do it. Like, I to make like, you enjoy it more. Not even that I enjoy it more, but it's just like part of the. the... Well, you said you do enjoy stand up. Yeah, I so love stand up so to, like, make much it more fun. that, like, yeah, it kind of feels like a party to me when I get to do it. That's so, interesting. What well, fat baby? Yeah, yeah. You're like, maybe I'm gonna get stabbed. Like, <laughs> you never maybe know. There'll be a you fight in the back. <laughs> That's interesting. My alcohol stand up thing was always like. 
you know, it's a Saturday and it's your third show, like it's your third hour and you're in Cleveland, maybe have a drink before that one because it's starting to feel like a job. Yeah. And you want to go up a little bit loosey-goosey. And and now there's there's a ways around that without doing alcohol. It's like going in a different order or like trying not to start for as long as you can. You know, like oh, that's riffing for as long Finding as you like can. Finding like little games for yourself. Oh, yeah. And my favorite, which is a lot of our people's favorite, how badly can I do and come back? Wow. I love how badly can I do and come back. That was part of Fat Baby. Really? We used to have a bucket that would have really bad things to say inside of it. No! And you would pull out something and you would have to start there. You'd have to come back from a horrible statement. And most of it it was like, I want to bang my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to do my dad. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I want to do my dad. That is a great. It's like uh, the show setup, or what's it called? Yeah, the setup. Paul Provenza's show. It doesn't. You don't have to look it up. But I, he he had a show where you have to improvise off of what his name of the bit was. So the bit might be like dad sex. Yeah. <laughs> and and then everyone in the crowd would know the bit was called dad sex, and you'd have to improvise a bit called dad sex. But yours is like the worst things you could possibly say. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Right off the fantastic. jump, and and then try to come back from it. Well, do you do you have a thread that you're trying to get back to? In what way? Like a story that you started that I interrupted or, oh, no. or stopped? Okay, because I'll ask you another question. I like um, this freestyle thing you do. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's the only choice I have. It's the only way to play it. Well, I, I personally hate the feeling of... You ever do this in an interview? Like, ask me... Um, if you said, if the interview is like, where are you from? And you're like, well, I'm from Boston, but I usually say I'm from Lexington. I'm actually from Lexington, but if I say Lexington, people think Kentucky because I look so corn fed. And the fact that I'm six foot six is like, I just look like a big honky dork or whatever. And then the next question will be like, how tall are you? And I'm like, I just said that. Like, they're not, they're just reading you a list the of list, questions. Yeah, no. This, this is the opposite uh, this, of that. I actually was saying this yesterday that I really like don't like talking to people about comedy that aren't comics. Yeah, that's fair. It's bothersome. Well, I'm sure pilots aren't going to be like, I'm not going to tell you what all the buttons are for. <laughs> yeah, there's the one that keeps it level, and yeah, you kind of push it forward to go fast. But other than that, I'm done talking to you. I'm done telling you the rest of it. Yeah. Yes, you have to turn your phone off. And it's just hard to talk to people about comedy that don't really understand it from within. I actually, it actually makes me anxious. I'm not just saying that. No. Like, I get like a floopy, like, I, you know, because I've just uncovered this. The language to one of my fundamental needs is to be understood. And when someone's talking about stand-up and I'm like, I know we can get there, but it's going to take four hours of me being like, and that's why we call them bits. And a bit is that, you know, like I just, it's, so I start going like, we're not going to, click but a comic you want to get to it right away because you're like this person will understand me yes you do know what it's like to be at the helium in philly and you do know what it's like that there's uh what what burger place is there it's the one that's in the park oh i don't know i'm not like a food person like that me neither i just abandoned me neither <laughs> i went with a I went with aziz to europe that was the first time i ate hey, man. I, I ate cheese let's go eat some cheese <laughs> ricky it's not what he sounds like at all he's a food person loves it loves it and we were playing a game will ricky eat it is ricky gonna eat it (laughs) ricky i ordered you a big cubano sandwich are you gonna eat it yes aziz it's a ham sandwich (laughs) uh what what did ricky eat um 
Snails? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Did you eat weird shit? Yeah. Really? Yeah, rabbit. You ate rabbit? Yeah, very it's not good. weird. It's a chicken with ears. That's not what it is. It's a chicken with big old fucking ears and a cute tail. No. That's a fucking chicken that bounces around and has nothing to do with the well, chicken. Well, it wasn't. It was in ravioli. It's not as cute as you're making it. Yeah, and if it's in and ravioli. Now I feel bad about it. <laughs> Chickens are cute, too. With a big fluffy tail and you know, like cute get... ears. <laughs> I go, oh, God And make grand wishes and yeah. make it snow on Christmas. Fuck is Yeah, go ahead and eat one. No, no, Cut no. Cut its no, fucking no. head off. What do you care? Uh, you ate rabbit in a rabbit. The only thing I couldn't do was. You ate rabbit. Rabbitoli? Yeah. <laughs> I wish they were calling it that. Uh, you want the rabbitoli. But he just always had something new that was like crazy to eat. And it yeah. was awesome. All of it. We were in Miami once. I never feel comfortable in Miami. I don't think I'd be I funny if it. I felt comfortable. Yeah, I, I would love, love to be you in Miami. Miami. I would love to be you in Miami. It's. I got married there. Svelte? I got married You're there. Svelte. I got married there. Really? Yeah. In Miami? That's I keep you... marrying my wife as well. What do you mean? I've married her twice. We're going to get married again this year. Wow. Yeah. How's that? It's fun. <laughs> it's not like we're doing it. Because you love divorce. each other so much. Yeah. It's just a great party that all of our friends Ricky, uh, celebrate can I our say love. something? Yeah. I wanted, Val and I say all the time, we just, well, let's just get married again. Because it was such a great wedding. I don't mean to toot my own. It was such a great party. It was everybody that we loved. And when you're at a wedding for people that actually, you know how few, I don't mean to put people down, but like so few <laughs> married couples like like each other. Yeah. So to like do have another party, it's good for everybody. It's good to like celebrate love, your love, like as the guest, your love is affirmed by being in a loving environment, dancing and celebrating. So please get married seven, eight times. Thank Just you. don't do it in Miami because I, I, I did I, it in Miami. I, but if you do it again and I come, I'm going to be in a <laughs> linen shirt and there's going to be sweat stains. I'm wearing like a straw hat and there's just some beautiful Latina girl walking by being like, that's stupid. And I'm you just know like, what's ah. cool? Know what you'll like about Miami? And this is how I thought about it. If I had to move somewhere, I'd go there. Only because, Miami. only because, if I wanted to do something on a Tuesday night, I could. Yeah. And not a lot of cities have that, other than New York. And yeah. And Miami was the closest thing to it. And it's East Coast, and I love East Coast people. And it's the beach. And it's the beach. I just think there's a certain body that I don't have. That like I feel great about my body. But you go, you take me to Miami. Suddenly, I'm like, you either if you're gonna have my body, you have to like dress in like a, a beautiful suit or something. <laughs> like you have you to be in like one of those Cuban suits. You need to look like, like a, a multimillionaire, with like great sunglasses and a cigar, and 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 your wife has to look amazing in a dress, and then you can look kind of frumpy. <laughs> but if you're just me in like a free T-shirt from my bank, walking down the strip in Miami, like. I just like, you're right to gawk at me in the wrong way. Like, I shouldn't be here. So you and Aziz go, I want to know about this. Oh, he just was obsessed with the perfect Cuban sandwich. Oh. Which I was like, I went, I had him. This was 10 years ago, more. We went to like six different places. And this was like before you could just yelp it. Like Aziz was like doing the research. Yeah. I was just like, it's a fucking ham sandwich. I don't know. It's a ham sandwich. I don't know about... I just know they have good seafood down there. That's what I like. That's the other thing. Why am I eating a, a beast of the land? <laughs> because, I, I mean, someone swam in that morning and made it for you. <laughs> I'll go get that for yeah. you. I know there are restaurants like that on docks where the waiter is like wet in a Speedo and he's like, you want a trout? And then he just does a perfect arced side dive into the water, catches it and brings it to you. You can do that. You're going to get there. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll both get there. Okay. Uh, have you ever died? 
I almost died. Have you ever seen a ghost? New York people don't see ghosts. No, those, I haven't. Are, the, those are the worst. They're, they're I actually got to a hotel it. once, and it was like I was doing a college, and uh, I got to. Uh, I told, I don't know why, but like I announced where I was at the college gig. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm staying at this hotel," and the whole crowd was like, oh, "That's haunted." And I went back that night, and I was like, "Can I say yes?" Yeah. You and nothing happened. Nothing. Uh, when I did the college circuit, a lot of small colleges, like real sparrow fart colleges, like no one's heard of this college, they're all haunted. And it's because they're sparrow fart colleges that like, don't really have a lot going for it. So, so they, they want to be like, it up. there's a guy that'll kill you with a hook hand. <laughs> like, it's a way of being special. It's Is in it? the brochure. <laughs> it's part of the tour. Some colleges, the ones with money are like, and Beck plays the graduation. Like uh, real small schools with nothing going on are like, and there's a man that carries his head around the hallways. <laughs> like that's their, Oy. I feel like this riff is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're not laughing. I'm no. not not laughing. But I'm but saying I'm like, like someone, maybe a comedian, is listening, and they're like, "That is so true. It's just true to me." Sucked into a terrible debt <laughs> because a ghost was there. That's so. Did you not go to college? You went I went. To, for, I went for a year. You went to one year. Yeah, my college closed. Yeah, laugh. Go mean? ahead, laugh. What no, you were gonna mean? laugh. Go ahead, laugh. Your college closed. My college closed. What is this a roast it's of you? Gone. Ricky went to college, <laughs> and the college closed. Who has a college that basically what? What was it? A Tower Records? <laughs> it was. It was. It's closed. I went to college it's at Barnes gone. and Noble. My my yeah. My credits are deleted. It's so it's gone. you're off the books. It didn't close, and that's why you stopped it's going. Got no, I yeah, I, I had dropped funny. out. That would be, you were like, I see where this is going. <laughs> this isn't going anywhere good. Again, that seems very New York to me. Like that that smart. Like I see which way the wind is blowing. I don't think I need. Oh to no, go I to just college. couldn't do college. That's it. Yeah, I was really immature. I was really immature for a real long time. So college just was. What does immature mean? Just uh, not thinking past today. Not like, thinking, like, uh, not thinking about my health, not thinking about anything but myself. Like, like partying? Uh, yeah, a lot of partying. A lot of, uh, just also just, uh, just very lost. I was a really lost kid. Hmm. And what yanked you out of that? Uh, stand-up. It was stand-up. It was stand-up. Stand-up was the first thing where I was like, oh, I want to do this. Stand-up's the only thing I've done for this amount of time ever. It is a wonderful meaning-making thing. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, you have a reason to cut your nails and cut your hair, and like you. you but it also can be a meaning. dangerous place for somebody that was as Im- immature as me. Tell me, um, just like people that come into this and love the party atmosphere. Your right. job's at a bar, right? Um, you know, but uh, that wasn't my mindset at all when it came to this. Right, you were business mind. I uh, I was I wanted to be like I remember like I remember you I remember Mike Vecchione I remember Mike Yard I remember like all these guys coming into this club I was working that had a lot of bad comics too but yeah. I remember like seeing you guys and being like oh I want to be like that you want to like be, I want to yeah. be and like yeah I don't see those guys partying like I see these guys partying that's really interesting because when I was doing it that was a thing and I think it had just become a thing. Meaning like your Mulaney's and a lot of them weren't there to get fucked up. 
Like yeah. it was almost like you could game the system a little bit. It's like, I know you can do this and get fucked up and kind of like be a wild guy. There's that documentary about, it's called When Stand Up Stood Out. It's about stand up in Boston in the 80s. And I was like, that's why my mom was getting letters from people at our church warning me about going into stand up because they thought it was that. Yeah. But I was like, but my heroes were, you know, Ray and Ellen and Seinfeld and those people that were doing it square. <laughs> they were doing it sort of yeah. like, I'm here to tell some jokes and get out of here. That was my Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with getting fucked up after every show? It's your job. First time I'm. I, I, he spoke at my high school graduation. Ricky, you're gonna go to college. Not mine. And it's gonna no, the, close. My school's first. My school's first. Oh, no, it wasn't yours. Did you see uh, him? Kevin Spacey spoke at mine. Oh, bit different. Where do we go from here? <laughs> Squarespace makes quality websites easier. Do you want to take down an actor for being a scumbag? Who, me? Use Square, Squarespace. Oh. oh, this is the copy. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. It's the Kevin Spacey copy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how the world works. He spoke of yours, too. Oh, these yeah. are... I mean, I understand. Bruce Willis sm- spoke the year after. See, Scandal the... noted. How are they getting these people? Tony Bennett ran the school. Oh, this is the, the theater school. Yeah. The, like, art school. Yeah, yeah. And Seinfeld did it. Did you watch the Seinfeld one? Yeah. They invited all the kids from the school because at that point, we were such a small school. That it was very... Yeah, he was awesome. He like closed with like take the BQE, but like just giving driving direct. Like uh, if I can give you one piece of advice, and like it was awesome, it was great. <laughs> don't he, take FBI. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't want to get on the BQE. If great. you need to go to Long Island, leave at three. <laughs> and then when I met him, I told him I was like uh, Seinfeld. You spoke at my graduation, at uh, my high school, and he was like Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. And I was like, How do you remember that? He goes, Oh, you think I speak at a lot of high schools. <laughs> You think that's me? Is that a big market for me? You think I'm out there grinding at the community college racket? Is that my circuit? That's fantastic. So have you ever almost died? Almost died. I had a a really bad car accident once. Mm. I was in it on New Year's Eve. Yikes. Uh, My friend, I wouldn't even consider him a friend truly, but... um, Kid got a new car for Christmas. It was when the Dodge Chargers came out. Uh huh. The Camry for Bros. Yeah. Is that what it is? That's That's awesome. (laughs) There's so many Dodge Chargers in LA. I'm just like, at what point do you just go, it's a Camry for Bros? (laughs) It's not a special car. I it it looks like I have the most special car. Yeah, I'm in a red light and I see four of them. And two of them are the same color. It's not John Wick. You're not John Wick. You're John Dick. It used to be the drug dealer's car. Okay. Like, that's how I always thought of it. Get and, Rich or uh, Die Trying, sponsored by Dodge Charger. We were in New York. Uh, we were in Queens, and we got a phone call to go out to a party in Long Island. And uh, and uh, there's a big loop, a big loop to go from one highway to another, uh, go from the cross island to the southern state. And when I was like, yo, you're going to need to slow Lord down. Is this the Rings? <laughs> We had we had four people in the back seat, and then driver and a uh, person sitting shotgun. Four in the back of a charger. One of them's a comic that I'm still f- close with to this day that I went to high school with, and he works the cellar, and he's awesome. Wow. And uh, he actually ended up getting a concussion. Um, Yikes! But uh, he was going too fast, and he took the whole side, and I was actually on the wall 
Wait, what do you mean? We rode the whole wall and everybody that was in the back seat squeezed me in. So I popped like... Uh, what do you mean you stuff. rode the wall? The car. The, the car, car the went left up side, yeah. on the side of a wall? No, 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 no. It just smashed into the oh, okay. side as we were trying to I'm picturing like a Fast and Furious. Like no, that would have been drove sick. On the ceiling. Yeah. Like, this isn't an accident. This is amazing. This, this is beautiful. <laughs> Someone <laughs> should be filming this. This, this, this. I'll tell this story on a podcast. He smashed into the side of a wall. Trying to take the turn and he just couldn't catch the turn because it was so... Fa- the turn is so fast. It was too fast, too furious. Yeah, and we uh, and we all ended up in the hospital. Yikes! And it was bad because like there was liquor in the car. The kid was just, there was liquor in us. Like it was in the all, kid driving uh, too. Yeah, but, but everybody ended up getting away. Honestly, it was really weird. A tow truck driver pulled up to us and he said, "Don't call the cops. I'll take your car." And they ended up giving him cash. Wow! And then we all just went to the hospital. And like, and you're like, I fell. No, we we were, they they were trying to they were trying to talk to us in the hospital and trying to figure out where things were and what happened and whatnot. But they, we, I mean, this is a very New York story. Yeah, Poppy, don't snitch. Nobody saw nothing. No advice or nothing. No, if I hear the words Dodge Charge, I swear, I'll slap <laughs> the taste out of your mouth. Swear to fucking God, yeah. Jimmy. It was a fingers. like huge mistake. I mean, I, I've never been back in a car with somebody that uh, drank and drank. Oh, yeah. Ago. What a terrifying story for yeah. two parents. And once again, too. right when I was at college. Yeah. When that that was the year I was at college. And um, just... This is the last Immature, decade. yeah. Immature, yeah. Ang- angry, and... Yeah, because you're like, why I'm going to get in this car because you didn't have your meaning yet. You hadn't found your calling. No. Yeah. Interesting. Not that everybody that doesn't know what they want to do with their lives is getting in the back of a Dodge Charger with a liquored up guy. Yeah. But we all make mistakes. New I'm Year's glad Eve. you're okay. I mean, NYE, baby. BQE, NYE. <laughs> <laughs> what don't people understand about Queens? When you say you're from Queens. It's the most diverse borough in the world, uh, in New York. Yeah. And like what I always say about it, and it, it it's weird to say, and I think people don't understand it truly when I say it. It's like, racism is very weird to me mm-hmm. because like my neighbor was filipino uh, on one side the other side was pakistani i had an italian guy across the street a cuban guy and my best friend shaolin who is indian who is the worst i'm um, just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding like i'll tell you like groups, i never hate i never like hated somebody unless it was personal right no, that's a very that that rings true to me. I mean, just like when I hate it. you, I really hate you, and I have that energy for it. But right. I don't have time to like like I don't understand people that are just like oh that I don't like that like that right. doesn't make sense right. to me. I have to personalize hate if I have it. Right. I I felt the same way when I lived in big cities about uh, the gay community. I was like I, my ex mother in law living in the like central Maine is against gay marriage. I was like. Come meet some gay folks. You know what I mean? <laughs> come come hang out with some real people before you start passing mental legislation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 so wild when people go and just have those I, I don't I I just don't understand it. Well, I, I really don't understand it. I don't understand hating somebody for anything other than personal reasons. Right. I think and I'm saying this out of compassion. Almost anybody that's doing something is doing it to be accepted or to be loved or to fit in. So I think if we were like from the South and people were like, man, I don't like 
people with birthdays in the month of May, just to keep it not racial. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, me neither. And your dad hated people <laughs> born in the month of May. And his dad hated people born in the month of May. And all your friends are like, stay away from that guy. He's born in the month of May. And like, you get this feeling of like a tribal identity. It's fucking stupid and backwards and wrong and evil. Okay, we can come back now. We edited something out that was too personal and we started laughing, but I don't know. I think I think my point was made, but if it's jarringly cut to just us laughing, it's because we started laughing about something we can't share. Oh, man. That was, uh, yeah, all right. Um, okay. It wasn't about people born in May. I was just going to say it wasn't it was racist. About, it was actually no, just somebody no, no, we no, both no, no, know. No. Yeah, it sound, going from that topic to cackling to... To, <laughs> to an know, edit? To, yeah, to an edit. <laughs> Probably sounds like we went somewhere dark. We didn't. We just didn't. You know it. what? Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll burn that bridge. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I'm kidding. What about um, psychedelics? Have you ever done a psychedelic? I have. Which one? I have done shrooms. Um, um, I'm very public about my drug use, and it's basically I smoke weed and do shrooms. And um, you, oh, so you've done shrooms a bunch? A good amount of times. I actually haven't touched them in a very long time, um, uh, uh, but they've always been good to me. Mm-hmm. But just be ready to be the most honest person you are with yourself when you have them. <laughs> ah, that's such a funny way to put it. You better be honest. Be it's going to ask you some questions. Oh, it's going to ask gonna, you some questions. Yeah. I, Unless is, you're doing it in a party atmosphere. Maybe a lot of people don't like to do that, and people and think I'm crazy for that. Taking them at parties? But what's with all the old people doing shrooms now? It's fucking weird. You mean medicinally, or what do you mean? Yeah, people, old people are just doing shrooms now <laughs> because it's like in television shows. Like It's like ridiculous. I feel like that's what's happening with ketamine. I like to microdose. It's yeah. like, n- yeah. no, you don't. Like, yeah. stop. You don't like to microdose. Put it down and pick up you the can, weak tea. You want to see God? You, you want to see God tonight? You're about to meet him. <laughs> You're going to meet him. Just wait your turn. Stop eating drugs. That's really I think funny. the ketamine is good if it's done correctly. I just didn't know it was such a thing. Like, until I, I literally watched White Lotus and I was like, oh, I guess kids are doing ketamine. And it sounds like that's what's happening. Yeah. 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 But it's just wild. I'm I'm like hearing old people interested in shrooms. And I remembered being like almost kind of like yelled at a couple of years back for doing shrooms and doing stand up. What? Why? Because like they're like, oh, you're not taking yourself seriously. Like, oh, you, oh, no. oh, you mean you did shrooms and then did stand up? Yeah. On shrooms. It was really cool. Really? Yeah. Every time the crowd laughed, the lights got brighter and felt warmer. And you could remember your act? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I did stand up once stoned and, and the whole audience looked like orcs. Like, not literally, but the feeling was like. <laughs> <laughs> and even if I got them to laugh, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it at all. Drinking bl- black blood. <laughs> you know how they drink that? Mm-hmm. It's like a black liquid. Anyway, it's from. This is my second Lord of the Rings reference. So, have you ever had like insights, breakthroughs uh, from that? Um, from mushrooms you say it makes you honest with yourself yeah did it like reveal like hey ricky have you noticed you're you're kind of like mean to your sister or whatever like have you ever had or spiritual insight i had one before my kid that made me like really like tell me settle myself down and focus and and make sure that i was like prepared what was the experience just the experience was he like I, i i took shrooms and i 
I couldn't stop focusing on the fact that my wife was pregnant. Yeah. And then it's like what I need to do in the matter of time until this kid comes. Wow. And like get like once again just w- being honest with myself like am i making the right choices every day am i doing the right things Mm. am i like and that's the like being alone on shrooms is very interesting yeah nowhere nothing to distract you you. i do yeah but i've never done them alone and i don't think i would do them alone but you know what i will do if you and i took mushrooms i would leave for a while yeah maybe a couple hours I, uh, i like knowing that if i need somebody i can go get them the time before that i did them hmm this is really crazy. Bachelor party, Vegas. Mm-hmm. They they have a restaurant where you eat completely in the dark. Oh my God. Like you can't see anything. Oh my God. So we did that on shrooms. Oh my God. And then the bachelor ate too many shrooms. And then on top of it, we rented an Airbnb that has, it's like a whole apartment building and each room is a different theme. Oh my God. Was the guy who gave you the key a clown? Was he I'm in not full kidding clown you. Makeup? I'm not kidding you. Many people lost their minds that <laughs> night. <laughs> the bachelor was screaming, "How do I come back from this?" Oh. It was bad. Oh, how do I come back from this? Is the funniest thing to yell in a multi-themed room while on too many mushrooms. <laughs> how do I come back? Multi-themed apartment building. So like you would go into another place and like that was like the kids' room and it was just like a big giant child's room that Oh am- no. Like it was so crazy. And I don't one of the care for coolest this. it was really cool. It yeah, was really it. cool. It, what I about mean, the dark restaurant? Dark restaurant. Yeah, we had a such potato? a good time. Yeah. We had such a good time. And yeah. then the waiter came out and was telling us how he microdoses. Well, when it was all done and uh, said and done. But are the is he lit? Is he lit like a ghost story? Can you see? They his wear face? no. They wear they wear uh, night, vision? night vision goggles. I forgot the name of the place. It's on. It's right next to the Rio, and you just eat in the dark. And it's the coolest thing in the world. Do you eat with your hands? You can do whatever you want when you're on. It's shrooms. dark. <laughs> And also in the dark. You really don't. You don't really go for the fork and knife when you're on shrooms. <laughs> you go for God's you know, fork. Just hands. Yeah, hands. Come out. Yes. We had, oh, we had stuff all over ourselves. What kind of food of do they serve? They actually give you the menu when you're done. So, so like we were eating things and we just didn't know, but like the tastes were so like. Wait, they don't tell you. It's it's prefix. no. They ask you for your uh, yes, and they ask you for your allergies, and you go from there. Whoa. And then it's all about like figuring out. And then like halfway through it, like they knew we were on shrooms. Like they and they were loving it. They were loving it. Like, Are you in like a private room? They were like, it's in front of you, and then they you put like you your hands, you, you feel, feel around. it, and you're just like, uh, oh, what is and dude, one was a soup. Like we had like a <laughs> <laughs> We had a butternut soup. <laughs> Dude, one was like a, a soup. squash like soup. Dude, one um, was a soup. <laughs> and it gonna, was, I don't even out. think it was like an order of appetizer or anything. It's just a soup. Yeah, I remember there was a soup. Um it was all really good. It was great food. Was the idea that in the dark your your taste sense is heightened? Is that kind yeah. of the idea? Yeah. So and you really then, have to focus on what it tastes like? Yeah. That's fun. And there was cool it was because there was other groups in there with us and we were all just having a blast. Wow. And were yeah. you eating in unison? Were you all served the soup at the yeah. same time? 
they would just go. It's in front of you. And then we would be like, oh, like that's how they move around you too. The only thing you were able to see is the little red dots that were on the waiter's heads from the night vision goggles. Whoa. Yeah. Like Tom Clancy's splinter cell. Yeah. And then we went back to the apartment and it just went down from there. Like we ate them right before we went into the dark place. So we were at that giggly fun part. Oh my God. And then you went back to Pee Wee's apartment complex. And it went, it went sour you fast. Got butternut squash on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and it went sour fast. <laughs> it went, it, and the bachelor's <laughs> screaming, how do I come back from this? Yeah. <laughs> to the point, one of my friends during the wedding, like quoted that like three times in his, like he didn't it? say like what happened. He was like, but how do you come back from that? Like in his wedding speech, it was really funny. Oh my God. And these are kids I went comic. to art school with. So they're all yes. a little extra. Oh my God. That's fantastic. And I think the first use of extra on the podcast, I just make me feel <laughs> so much more relevant. And I really liked it. Um, well, what about, the meaning of life do you have any take on the meaning of life do you have any religious leanings spiritual leanings um we're floating on a space i grew right? up in the church which one a catholic okay um my mom like ran the ccd program are you it- irish irish and puerto, and puerto rican? rican yeah yeah so both of those groups like catholicism don't they um my dad's mom was different your she, dad's mom she like did like the church that like you scream at God. Oh, the like, Pentecost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's a choice anybody can make at some point. You're like, she used to like go to enough. church for like six hours. That's too much for me. There's not enough snake handling. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to go to this one. I mean, I tease, but I, I, I've, I've been curious. Well, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem for me. You should take mushrooms and go to a Pentecostal church. Oh, no, thank you. That would be a hoot. <laughs> that would be a hoot with your dad's mom. Okay, so you went to Catholic church, yeah, and I was a I was a CCD teacher. The, that's their Sunday school. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. So you must have years. been sort of into it. Not really. Um. On. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do it? Because my mom was, ran the program. Oh, okay, and she. So was my like... mom ran the program, and also with my high school, I needed a certain amount of uh, of uh, charity work to graduate with, like an arts endorsed diploma, which I ended up never getting. Okay. So you just did you do flannel graph with Jesus and so uh, I had the three year olds okay and basically like their parents would drop them off for an hour Uh, we would paint pictures of Jesus and then I'd give their kids back at the end of the day and in in an hour and a half so they went to mass right and I would watch their kids okay and um, I did that for a long time and then what is lingered or like how do you frame reality if you frame it at all. How do I frame it? I believe in science a lot. Sure. I think it makes sense. Um, I, uh, evolution makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think we're here for a short time and to have the best time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my mom um, at 55. Mm-hmm. Um, from the age of 12, I've dealt with death in my family. That, and like it continued and continued and continued mm. so um i believe i don't know not not in ghosts <laughs> but i believe in spirits yeah i believe that energy has to go somewhere yeah so your um, mom do you have a relationship with your mom yeah after? i do mm-hmm. um what does that look like i talk to her mm-hmm. when i can um 
I like to do it. I, I, I don't do it enough, but um, when I do do it, it's where it's usually in times where I'm like, oh, I wish she was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I wish you could see this. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like a lot, especially in this business, like I brought my mom to JFL. When oh, I got, uh, uh, I never got to do new faces. I did variety top 10 when I came in. Yeah. And that was like a big deal because I had been denied new faces. Yeah. And I brought my mom to Montreal. You were DJ me. old so, like, face. Yeah, I mean, no face. He's not allowed in Canada. He's, he is not allowed in Canada. That is a fat <laughs> When he puts his passport down, <laughs> get this guy out of here. He's tackled by the Jason Bourne police. <laughs> So me and my mom, my mom was a big part of my comedy career. So when I lost her, like that was, that was really hard. In what way? She supported you? Uh, yeah. Uh, not financially. I just she, mean she uh, believed yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, She believed in it. Oh, and, wow. Like, she was the one that pushed me into theater school. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's my great. My brothers both went to Catholic high schools. Okay. Yeah. And she saw the special, uh, not to say your brothers aren't special, but let's, let's face it. I mean. Who am I talking to? They're both pretty talented too. One, but, like, I mean, incredibly I, talented. Am I talking to Nick? Velez right now <laughs> am i talking to Sa- sandy tommy and peter tommy, tommy and, and peter. peter jk tommy and peter went to catholic names uh, yeah that Nicky is tommy. good yeah richard tommy, yeah, tommy well, and peter. doubting thomas so First um, Pope peter yeah so i just like not having her through all the great stuff when she was there when it kind of was hard sure sucks yeah of course and to not have her around, no, I'm not trying to rub it in, I'm just saying here, all these things are coming up, and it makes sense to me that you would include her in the ways that you can as yeah. as spirit. And uh, that's what I also like love about like working with Judd. Like, he's very delicate with that stuff, mm-hmm. and he also knows like where I'll, I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. That's Judd's thing. Yeah. And, and it's a great compliment, is he knew when to push because too many people will stop just on the other side of something really interesting and profound mm-hmm. and emotional and Judd just would not would not have that like yeah. when like when we were getting Artie to talk about his addiction or whatever it might have been it was it was always Judd was the most artistic and and gentle but like he wasn't going to be like something's going on Artie we need to like talk about it and we need to like make art about it and you, we we want that from you, and other other directors or producers or whatever would be like, just pretending like nothing's going on. Yeah, he was very good, and and He's art, very and about appreciate the artists it. he works with, and, yeah, and and how they are and how they're feeling, and like, yeah. I I can be like going through it, and like it's funny when my phone lights up and it's like, oh, Judd must have felt it. <laughs> he must have just known wow. to hit me up and like make me feel okay about the situation. Yeah, how did she pass? Uh, she had a heart attack on Valentine's Day. Oh wow! Yeah, a lot of your stories are on major. Holidays. I know it's really weird. My the, the 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 lineup of time is really weird in my life. In that way. Well, you also like Pete Davidson's my best friend, and I had my kid on nine eleven. And Pete has right. been my best friend since he was sixteen, and I was twenty one. Wow! And like we've lived together with it, and like just things happen on certain dates that are very interesting in my life. Wow. What about your baby? When was your baby? Oh, wait. 9 You just said, I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah, you just said that. I'm just going to sit with the shame. <laughs> just going to own it. I, I was actually thinking, I was like, if you have another baby, and then it came out as your baby. But if you have another baby, it'll be born on St. Patrick's Day. That would be great. <laughs> just right in the, he's directly in the middle between the Puerto Rican Day Parade and the, <laughs> the, 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 the St. Patty's Day Which Parade. Which parade are you going to have this next baby on? Oh, man. Puerto so, Rican Parade is fun. 
I've never been to the Puerto Rican parade. They I've seen it last Heights. year's. <laughs> I canceled it. <laughs> I haven't seen in the Heights. I just wanted to do the riff. My my, my best friend uh, that I grew up with, he's from Washington Heights. He lives in Vegas now. And uh, he called me about the Heights because he thought it was going to be like a modern day version. And, and he, he was furious. Ah! He was furious. He's like, they think we're dancing and singing up there. I'm like, you need to calm down. <laughs> He's like, they're shooting. Tell the real story. Oh <laughs> I was like, God. calm down, man. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, that's funny. Like Northern Manhattan, like Bronx, all that area does sort of have like a th- music theater version of it, which oh. is double dutch. It's and the, crazy. the fire hydrant is taken <laughs> off and everybody's farting and you're like, yeah, there's a, it's a real place. It's not. Uh, it's not just that, <laughs> <laughs> or is it even that? No, I never. When I when I was going up there, no, it's just live. It's very live yeah. there. There's a different it's just feel. Right? Great. Yeah, there's a different feel. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, what about um, unless there's any other? So you you're into spirit. You don't necessarily have a like a container for your spirituality. You're just kind of like a look. We're here. Is there a don't be a dick quality to your life? I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, just as when you meet certain people in your life and they're doing so much for you and they're helping you out and they're moving you forward and they're doing things like that, like it's insane to con- like either continue or be a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I try to lead with i like i want i treat people the way i want to be treated mm-hmm. but um i think time to time this business can push that <laughs> really it tests you I, yeah what frustrates you um what frustrates me um or what pushes you to that place probably my insecurities mm. yeah yeah it's funny, you had that bit of, you were like, there's no anxiety in the hood. And I know you know this. I was like, there's so much anxiety in the hood. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, but it's just not like, it's not about talked about or, in that like. I mean, I just started therapy. I'm 32 oh, really? now. Like, it's not a thing that happens in my family. I don't know anybody else in my family that has ever seeked it. Mm. Um, that's really good. I'm glad that you are you. just because it's good for everybody. I'm not like, I, oh, you I agree need it. I'm 100%. Like, everybody should do it at least. I needed it during COVID. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. So yeah. just regular talk therapy. Yeah. Over the Zoomies. Mm-hmm. Isn't it great? I really, really like, like, never meeting her in person. You like the Zooms? Yeah. That's, I like, yeah. she's like, you want to come in the office? I'm like, no. Yeah. No. I like doing it here. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> And maybe I, you tell me it might even be easier to open up if it's just over Zoom. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It it might. It feels a little bit more throwaway in a way. Yeah, I get it. Or it doesn't feel as important. It's not taking over my day. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. Again, the bit. I, I understand that you're joking, and you're like, nobody's like nervous before I drive by, and like, there's too many people in this car. The walls are closing in on me. And I was like. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they do. Like, people have been on drive-bys and had panic attacks, I'm sure. Uh, like with, uh, and all of that, so much behavior is motivated by undiagnosed anxiety, dread, yeah. depression. When I see people, even if it's just like low-level self-medication or, or, or whatever it might be, distance in a relationship, like they're pulling away. Why are you doing this? Why, are you, why won't you engage with your partner? It's like, 
you're depressed. Like you yeah. don't know you're depressed. You don't know you're anxious. You don't know that it's normal that the world is overwhelming and we all need help. And that's why it's lovely for you to share that because removing the stigma from therapy is super important to me because yeah. my dad still goes like, you don't go to therapy, do you, Peter? I'm like, only for 10 years. Like, why are we talking about it? Like something that's going to like a weird shame that they hold for you doing. And it. again, and we're back to my point. My dad did it to fit in and to get love. It's like, I don't go to therapy. And everyone was like, here, here, Jay. And, and that's how he got love. I get love from therapy and from talking about therapy. So we're all doing our best, Yeah, but I'm glad you're doing it. And, and you're, you're seeing change in your and life. And I've talked about this recently. Like, you know, I had addiction on both sides of my family. I had uncles that were in and out of jail. And um, some of them, like, even gone upstate for a few years. Mm. And for so long, like, in my mind, it was like, oh, yeah, those are bad guys. They, they just, they're bad guys. And it's like, oh, no, they just never had anybody help them. That's right. That's right. When you see uh, the David Lynch Foundation teaches meditation in certain prisons and the recidivism, am I saying that right? I don't recidivism. know. I'm not good Reci with language. Recidivism. Yes, you are. Recidivism. I've been talking to you for two <laughs> hours. I, I, I am an authority on that subject. You're great at language. Recidivism is a word that means your chance of uh, being a repeat offender after you're let out. And re recidivism rates are really low in uh, inmates that practice meditation. So you just see like, Exactly. These aren't bad guys. These aren't the bad people. These are people that didn't have a container or a space or any healing. It's like, it's a wonder they weren't worse. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, no one was helping you. And isn't it funny? And then prison doesn't help. And for a long time, I used to say one of my uncles had like pit bull reaction. And it wasn't like, it would just be like something happened and now he's going away again. And That's right. it was just like, now that I look at it, it was like, oh, he had no clue how to express himself, mm -hmm. be a person in situations that got mm -hmm. too heightened. Right. And no, like simple stuff. I don't know if you watch Daniel Tiger. Is your a boy or girl? Boy. With your son. We watch Daniel Tiger. We watch so many yep. cartoons that are just like, when you're angry, take a breath. <laughs> yep. Count yep. to five, take a breath. Just don't do anything too rash. <laughs> My Daniel Tiger yeah. bit, just because. Daniel he, Tiger, one, he definitely he has a whole, like, there's a few episodes about, like, not hitting. That's right. And that, you know and what, what you that is? What you can do. It's a beautiful a privilege that society has gotten to a point where just, like, normal TV is like, don't punch him <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I make fun of it in my special at one point where this guy's taking a shit at the airport <laughs> and he has his kid in the stall with him. But like I do this thing with my kid where I go like, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, yeah. big boy stuff. And he goes, <gasps> big yeah. boy stuff. <laughs> and and uh, I, that's adorable. I so we do big much too, wish that like in my family that was a thing that was going on and i think that's what's more important the most important <laughs> thing you asked earlier but just like meaning and like what i want to do and like it's just like break cycles i think breaking cycles like bad cycles yes. are, are is really important it ends here yeah 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 i love that dude there are so many family members in their 70s in my life that i could be like take a big breath oh count to five your feelings aren't who you are, you can watch them. It's okay. Like, just be with the feeling. Let it in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but you don't have to, like, explode. Like, that would be totally appropriate for grown people that I know uh, back home. Yeah. And it, it, it's crazy because families are, like, torn apart over bullshit. Exactly right. And because people don't have the words or they don't feel okay going, like, 
I don't, how do I get out of this? That's, yeah. They don't know how to say that. How do, they're having a bad trip. <laughs> and it's also something Judd pushes nonstop. And I'm sure you're, the ego, like the yeah. ego is everything. Like yeah. the idea of like the man of the house. And yeah, being, that's right. like, it's just like these uh, inherited roles that whoever said doesn't you had do to anything be. for anybody yeah. other than set a unrealistic standard for generations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here's my Daniel Tiger bit just because you're a dad. <laughs> Season one, it is like, take a deep breath and walk away. You know, there's like good, simple lessons, but like there's like 17 seasons. So the 17th season, they're running out of lessons and they're like, if someone's waving at you, but they're waving to the person behind you <laughs> and it's awkward and you feel shame, don't worry, it happens to everybody. <laughs> like they're just, And they're also running out of melodies, so it really is like that. It's like, sometimes milk has a film on top. <laughs> it's yucky, but just shake it up. They have <laughs> like, like it's tax season episode. <laughs> Why is dad and mom stressed in April? <laughs> the government's coming for their due. Yeah, that's it. You you got it. You got the premise. Um, well, tell us when the special is. We'll put it in the intro as well. Um, it's uh, it's going to be on Saturday. the seventh. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's Saturday. already out. No, it comes out this Saturday. But when they'll oh, listen when to this, this it'll comes already out. Yes. Be out. I'm playing with time. October twenty third. So get on out, get... and it's streaming on HBO Max. HBO Max, the low and... sugar HBO. Well, it comes out on HBO. No, no, no. I, I just meant because it's called Max, like Pepsi Max. Oh, that's funny. Don't, don't. Uh, uh, your, your Michael Kaplan wordplay. Ah, uh, that's right. me. Wordplay. <laughs> are the, are the words really playing, or am I playing with words? No one will ever know. <laughs> I love Mike. Um, and here's my final question for you. This was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I honestly I really appreciate I'm it. Really glad. I you find could. it so funny how all these LA comedians just do it at their home. Yeah. Because you're bringing psychopaths in here. I know. And my, my my baby's home. Your baby's home. Taking pictures. <laughs> I mean, Oscar. Nunez. Pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> that was over Zoom, but yeah, um, and that was a fun Oscar Nunez pull. Um, but it's so great. It's what's better. What's better than working from your little back house? That's true. I mean, for me, but they are. There's some. We're nuts. Yeah, we're nuts. Says. At first, I was like, "Oh, his studio's in Los Feliz," and then I was like, "Oh, no. we're at his house." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hilarious. I just gave up where you live. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I think that's out. Where I live, what neighborhood? Yeah, that's out. No, people know. Everybody lives over here. Yeah, there should be like just a not a tour bus, but a bike that four comedy nerds can get on at a time. Yeah, they ride around. Yeah. Like, Bo Burnham wrote one of the songs <laughs> for Inside at that little cafe. <laughs> and they just and they're all crying. Everybody <laughs> crying. Terribly crying. Here's the last question, Ricky. We're gonna check and the special's called This Is Everything. Here's everything. I'm sorry, here's everything, forgive me. Here's everything. But you know, look for Ricky Velez and you'll find it too. Why I've had this stain on my pants the whole time. It's okay. I what wasn't is, judging. Thank you, buddy. Well, we're parents. I mean, I, I can't know. believe I'm not covered in food like butternut squash soup in <laughs> Vegas. Tell me the time in your life, you might have already talked about it, that you laughed the hardest in your life. Do you know it? Wow. The hardest I've ever laughed in my life. I mean, it's hard to beat Pitch Black Restaurant. That one's a funny one. It's hard to beat. Um, it can, I'll give you some key words. that Sometimes it back. involves falling down. A lot of people's hardest... See? <laughs> oh, man. This one's better than falling down. I love watching people fall. <laughs> 
everybody does. Everybody does. If I got up and fell, you would love it. It's so good. It's so good. But what you I fall down. Oh, I yes. was on a plane once that hit the turbulence that's so bad and this guy was in the aisle and he fell up. He oh, hit the ceiling. My God. And I like to drink on the plane. So when it happened, like my drink went flying and then like he went doo doo and I was just I I had the wrong reaction on the flight. Everybody else. He went up, hit the ceiling, came back down. Did hit he the hit floor. the stewardess call button? No. <laughs> It was just like a doo doo. And it was, and I was sitting, and he landed, and like I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself at that point in time. Yeah. Did your drink go up, float in space? There was shit everywhere. Fly back into your cup. Everybody everybody had a lot of And you weren't scared? If I've come to peace with flying, tell me. I just, what am I going to do? I have no control. Hmm. What a, you have no control of the situation. It's like if you push into I have no control far enough, there's actually a piece in going I have no control. I know what you mean. Yeah. If you're on the outskirts of I have no control, it can be triggering. It can make you upset. But it was such a fall that we in. all got, like, you know that pit in your stomach yeah, when you're like flags. taking it? Yes. A six flag. I had that on a flight and yeah. then a man hit the ceiling. <laughs> and I totally forgot about the stomach thing when I saw him hit that ceiling. I was like, whoa. Did you? Did you have to address I it? Write that down. Yeah, you should. Did you address it? You can have the boom if you want. That's a fun. <laughs> that's a fun you. sound a to make. Boom. <laughs> 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 he turned the ventilation on a little bit more yeah, with I, his head. And, and <laughs> I also need another drink when he's done getting off the floor. Did you have to go like I'm sorry? Could he see you laughing? Oh no! I just like I covered myself, yes. but I was I was laughing. I started texting all my friends what just had happened. Like it was seeing somebody go up. Yeah, falling. It up. looked like he was snatched out of the like yeah. off the floor. It was by, a failed alien abduction. Yes, like, we got him. <laughs> oh no, we didn't get him. He, we almost had him. Ah, uh, you can't do it through planes, silly. <laughs> silly. We're in a saucer. <laughs> we once tried to do it on a helicopter that guy is gone <laughs> he's spread out over the potomac um ricky thank you so much man i love this thank this you so a, much for having a day me. off for me it was easy and fun this is great I'm thank you so much here. and i would, appreciate it yeah man and would you say keep it crispy it's how we end the show you say the catchphrase which is keep it crispy keep it crispy that's it we're done. You did. Oh, it. again? Nope. You did it. I'm gonna say it again. You can if you want. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice cream make you haters wanna get me. I'm so crispy.